Hello, loreheads, and welcome to The League, exploring the League of Legends lore from A to Z. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. My name is Mark. And today we're talking about Daughter of the Void, Kaisa, who was released March 7th, 2018. Which feels like last year, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't ever play her. John, you play her. No. I play her in ARAM. You play yeah. her in ARAM. Just AP Kaisa in ARAM. Just AP Kaisa. Yeah. Which is, I, I honestly think AD Kaisa is kind of your play style, but I Probably. know it's like, it's hard to figure out, so I get why you haven't tried it yet. Mm-hmm. There's just so many other champions. <laughs> right? That aren't ADCs. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many uh-huh. LeBlanc games to play in bot lane. <laughs> Who's going to shake O'Bot lane if not me? <laughs> it is fun. <laughs> That's true. All right, so uh, I'm like I'm so excited that this is going to be a nice normal like length episode to edit because it's been a while. <laughs> Kaisa on the universe page has a bio, a comic called Breach, and a short story called The Girl Who Came Back. And John found another story on the wiki called Monstrous, which we don't know is this canon? Why is it here? It's, Why yeah, is it? it's, it's conspicuously missing from the universe page. It was uploaded there in 2019, but apparently it was scheduled for release in June of 2020. But they accidentally uploaded it early and then pulled it down, and I guess just didn't put it back up again. Hmm. But if you're gonna we, if you're gonna, if you're gonna weed a story, if you're gonna weed one story. <laughs> Damn it. Make it the one that's not posted. <laughs> the Wooey Nation. <laughs> God. What's weird is that it is hosted on Universe. It's just not linked on her page. Oh, I couldn't okay. even find it. Really? I, like, I searched just, for it. I just Googled it and it was the first link. But oh, I mean, it's just... You know. John, you had to Google it. Oh, you didn't think... <laughs> I was like, whoa, I, was whoa, on, whoa. I was on the actual website looking like for it like an idiot. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who the fuck knows? I, I genuinely hope it's just an oversight. But they need to get that fucking story up quick. They Replace do. the short story. It's the only story. thing holding it's... her together. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like duct tape. Like, ugh, we gotta fucking keep Kaisa together. Oh, God. Oh, man. Uh, so before we jump into the bio, let's do okay. some quotes, which were a little hard to do. She's got a lot of generic quotes here. She has so yeah. many lines, and like, uh, uh, here are some, just reading it. I return stronger than I left. Exploit their weakness. A moving target lives longer. I can make a difference here. I will make a difference here. <laughs> Those are some of her lines. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Does yeah. she need like 800 lines? No. I have made a difference here. <laughs> oh, is that one? Many, many beachy, I get. Yeah, well, I mean, we were talking about that before recording was like, oh, we were trying to find quotes like, ooh, it's normally really easy to find like, oh, here's a fun, really good quote for a champion. And with her is like, you know, there's a million channels and nothing to watch when it comes to Kaisa, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, Couldn't God, that's harsh, but true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I went with, um, I'll be your monster. Nice. I came for the hunt, but I'll stay for the fruit. For the fruit. For the fruit. <laughs> Sorry, that, that, that leaned a bit Scottish. <laughs> it was a little... uh, I came to the hunt, but I'll stay for the fruit. Fruit. <laughs> to be fair, current... Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say his current D&D character is a Scottish accent. You get a pass. You get a pass on that one. Uh, all right. Uh, 24. Ha. I can't even. Yeah. I like that she counts. I do like that she counts her kills until 
26, I think. And then I'm done counting. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of like, because I play her in ARAM sometimes too, but I like literally couldn't remember a fucking thing she said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't play her a lot, but I was li- lots of times we will have champions that are like, oh, I don't play them a lot. And then I start looking through the audio and I was like, ooh, I want to play this champion, like Evelyn. The lore <laughs> yeah. was kind of whatever, but I looked at the, the quotes and I was like, ooh, I want to play Evelyn. This sounds fun. <laughs> and look at Kaisa, I was like, mm, I don't want to eat this fucking white bread, man. Like, <laughs> I need a little salt or something. Shit. Someone toasts his bread for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On looking at the quotes, I can tell you which ones were familiar. Her void secret quotes because it's literally the only ability I ever use in it. Yeah, yeah, and when you like hit someone, stuff like that, or when you got one. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, all right. But she has like twenty for that ability. Uh, There are a lot. Like, yeah, she's a newer champ. She's so she's got the, you know, eight million quotes. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to have been in the room while they were trying to come up with these. <laughs> I'll make a difference. I, make <laughs> I can make a difference. Hunt, pray, hunt, hunt good. Evil. Yeah. Well, that just could be Rengar Cossacks. All right, let's get into the bio, guess. All right, so Kaisa was a regular girl in Shirima. Uh, what? <laughs> You're already laughing. I don't know. I was laughing because he was laughing. He made a- I don't know. <laughs> she's just a regular girl. What? She's just a normal bitch. They made a point. They made she a point to say it. She regular girl stuff. That she was just a regular person. Hopscotch and Polly Pockets. <laughs> Maybe you should have had dinner before you had that shot of whiskey, John, because you're being a dick. <laughs> Anyway, Kaisa was a really special, super amazing girl, not like mm-hmm. the other girls in Shirima. Uh, when she was 10 years old, uh, people around her began to make tributes to some kind of dark power. One day, Kaisa and her friends see a pen of goats about to be sacrificed, so Kaisa sets them free. This destroys her whole town? I don't know. It was Oops. kind of really vague. <laughs> Oopsie. But, um... I, yeah, I feel like that's a common thing among this and the short story. It's a lot of... Yeah. I, real quick note, for all things Kaisa, except for the unlisted story, I had a harder time visualizing the things they were trying to describe in the bio and the short story here than any champion we've read so far. Yeah. There were mm. so many things I was like, I, I'm trying to conceptually like visualize <laughs> this, and I just can't. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, but anyway, she uh, she uh, messed up her town. Uh, had very first mission in a new D and D campaign <laughs> vibes for me. <laughs> Kaisa ends up in the void, apparently with everyone. Somehow they all die, but this super special ten year old girl is totally fine. She fights back against her first void creature, and some of its icky icky shell gets on her arm. Over time, it becomes a part of her body, and she uses it to fight off the void. No mention of how she escaped, if she escaped. Just that she's been bouncing between the two worlds for 10 years now, trying to stop the void. Uh, And the last line is the funniest thing I've ever read in my entire life. I know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Riot. Hit us with it. Yeah, read it, please. Oh, wait. I need to, like, see it. I need to see because I don't remember exactly how it goes. It's like, no longer Kaisa, but Kaisa. Yeah. That's yeah. what it reads, but there, it's Kaisa with uh, an, uh, 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 oh an, my apostrophe. God, an apostrophe. <laughs> uh, it, I started laughing in the car. So I was like, what the fuck are you laughing at? I was like, I got to read this to you. Come on. 
it's I get what they're going with. I get it because all of the but but in this world, do all void creatures have that apostrophe in their name? Like you know what I mean? The... So <laughs> like... I think this this raises a very important <sighs> question, which I had is um, so the villagers renamed her Kaisa with an apostrophe instead sure. of her actual name Kaisa, yeah. which implies one of two things: either the villagers are aware of the void naming convention, which either means they've communicated with creatures from the void who not only talked to them, but told them how to spell their name, (laughs) or that's a naming convention that they came up with. And all the void creatures that we know about, that's not their real fucking name. That's just what people call them. Yeah. One of those two things has to be true. And neither of them make very much sense. (laughs) Yeah. And also, it also implies that she spoke with them and they knew her old name and like changed it up. It's, yeah. it's pretty stupid. It's pretty it's dumb. It's really, really stupid. There were a few things that really didn't work for me. And and getting into, like, the whole villagers, like, hating her. Where did I complain about that? Hang on. Let me see. Uh, Throughout. Throughout. Okay. I com- yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand why people are so afraid of her. Like, I get that humans are dumb, but it's, like, it's so boring that, like, they see this pretty normal human and they're like, back monster, no. And... Like, they keep calling her monstrous, but she's just, like, a regular chick. Like, what are you talking... Like, she's got some cool armor that's fucking showing off so much cleavage for no reason. <laughs> but, like, what are they afraid? I don't get it. So, yeah. this is one of those things that in the bio short story and the comic, really, made no fucking sense. Yeah. But then in the short story that Graham McNeil wrote, it made everything make sense. And it's yes. one of the reasons I'm so oh. upset that it's not posted. Okay, yeah, I, I was going to say, it, you so. kind of... You need to like read Monstrous before you read anything else because otherwise yeah. oh, none of it works. It just yeah, doesn't work this at all. It all falls apart. <laughs> all right. So when you guys get to it, that will, do they also explain? Because another thing I really hated about the bio, why did only Kaisa survive? I really didn't like, there was absolutely no reason. So I think that they should have had her act like have her kill one of the monsters early and she gets a piece of that armor. And I would have accepted, like, okay, she has something in the void now that's helping her survive. Or just make her be the only thing that got sucked into the void. That to me is actually far more interesting. And then you can have the complication of her coming back and her family has moved on and they're afraid of her now. That I think is a lot more interesting than everyone got sucked in and died except for her because she's a magic princess. I don't get well, it. Well, yeah, I think no, they didn't touch on that. <laughs> yeah, there's a few things going on here. Yeah, they didn't. There's a few things going on here. I think first is that, technically speaking, she didn't go into the void. She is trapped kind of underground, very, like, where there's, like, a whole under, like, underground tunnel of, like, network of tunnels created by the void and their creatures. And it's just, like, right, right up against where the void is. So that's the first thing. <laughs> I think Which it is, is supposed again, to again made super unclear except in monstrous. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something that Riot internally has fucked up because sometimes they seem like especially if you look at the initial release stuff, they have this idea of like, oh, she was in the void. And then kind of later on it kind of plays more with the idea of well, she wasn't in the void per se. She was just like <laughs> underground. But I think it's just supposed to be that she just got lucky and happened to be the one per because I guess the other thing in the bio it mentions is that when she's under there, she hears the voices of everyone else who has fallen under and they're alive they're just kind of trapped and disparate and eventually they all kind of die and she's the only one like she's not able to find any of them and she's the only real survivor left so i think it's just supposed to be that she kind of got lucky and then 
had the interaction with the Voidling that gave her the suit, and then that's how she kind of proceeded to survive. But yeah, I agree. It's just complete coincidence and like contrivance that like, oh, this random little girl just happens to survive, right? <laughs> I could maybe get past that, but if, if that's the case, I think they should have made a point of describing the fact that they're all buried a little bit better. Because I, again, didn't, I thought they were floating in a darkness. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. get the impression that they were buried and suffocating. Because it's very possible that everyone else was suffocating and maybe she got lucky and ended up in some kind of pocket that she wasn't. You know, but uh, no, it just <laughs> I didn't get that at all from yeah. the story. No, there I were completely things agree. too in the bio because in the bio, if you were to read nothing else but the bio, you would think she's still stuck down there. Like I don't think it ever makes it clear that she can just come and go as she pleases. She kind of it does say that she can go between the worlds now, yeah, or something like that. It does make that line. Does it? Yeah, I think I yeah. missed that somewhere. She's kind mm-hmm. of like going between the two worlds, trying to keep them apart. I think is what it says. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. But yeah, like one of, one of the things that struck me as odd was like the fact that her name had been passed down into legend, which seemed especially confusing if she wasn't able to actually break free. Yeah. Um, but the the other thing, so here's a few examples of th- some things that I read that I had a hard time visualizing. Uh, the voidling horror knocked her to the ground, but she drove the blade into its pulsing heart, and the two of them tumbled deeper into the abyss. Like, did he knock her to the ground or, like, off of a cliff somewhere? I'm not sure how we got from, like, <laughs> being knocked to the ground to now tumbling deeper into the abyss. There's, like, an action mm-hmm. piece yeah. there that's, like, missing. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm curious, like, where is the shell stuck to her exactly to start off this whole transformation? Because it says, like, her, like, she stabbed into it and then it got stuck and then she broke her blade trying to pull it free so like is it stuck to her hand or because it also then says she like uses it as as a shield um against other people that are attacking her um so I was, i'm like logistically like is this whole creature stuck to her is it just a piece of the creature stuck to her what happened to the rest <laughs> of the creature other than like it's chitin like <laughs> Did it melt to her? How does she have such a thin layer of armor? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of kind of, I don't want to say hand-waving, but sort of, like you said, sort of vagaries, where because we already know the end result, I think it kind of relies on the reader to just be like, okay, you, you know that she's got this thing on, so you can kind of just fill the blank in in your brain. But like you said, when you sit down and think about it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Because in my head, I was like, I guess it's on her arm, because they talk about the shield thing, so I assume maybe that but even that's super vague like what do you mean use it as a shield right it feels like there should just be like another 300 words worth of just a little explanation yeah. here put a little heimerdinger in one there. more heimerdinger <laughs> yeah. yeah one more heimerdinger, right I th- and, yeah i think they could have had it like uh you know something else came after her and she lifted her arm and it bounced off of the you know the piece of the shell that had yeah. used itself there just yeah. like Paint the picture a little more it. right yeah that too well then you're gonna get 2,000 words more, which maybe we need. Um, and to your point about the goats thing, right? Like, to me, that is also super vague. Like, is it supposed to be mm-hmm. that them releasing the sacrificial goats did actually cause the void to uh, cause the village to be destroyed? Which doesn't make sense with how Kaisa has been treating the whole concept of trying to appease the void, which is that it doesn't care. It doesn't care about the goats. It's going to destroy the village no matter what. I think what we were supposed to read is that 
much like the Lion King, Kaisa maybe perceived it as like, oh, I caused this. But actually, it's just incidental, right? They mm. released the goats and the void happened to destroy the village at the time. But if that's the case, they need to like flesh that out more and emphasize the idea that Kaisa has this misunderstanding of events. Because right mm. now, it's just we who have the misunderstanding of events, yeah. right? <laughs> like, we don't know what the fuck's happening, really. So yeah, I'll say all of this has been like a massive bummer because she's such a cool idea for a champion. Yes, a little kid gets stuck in the void and uses the fucking corpses of the creature she murdered to form armor. That's dope. It's but also maybe hardcore. cover cover your heart a little bit, Kaisa. Can you make the armor come up just a little bit more, honey? A little There's bit more, about sweetheart. The void creatures they don't like the covered <laughs> cleavage. It's just. <laughs> The way it is. Everybody it's, knows that. There's a really vital organ in there, man, and I think that that's an important part to cover up. Maybe leave you know the shoulders bare if you want, but... She's, she's got a 10-year-old's understanding of biology, okay? She doesn't know what the fuck a heart is. She doesn't know where her heart... I think by 10, I knew where my heart was, Mark. Mm, that's fair. So well, look at you. This is smart. knows what her organs are. Mm. The one thing I did like from this was the idea of the void cultists, um... I know, like, Malzahar oh, yeah, yeah. is one of those, but them being mm-hmm. more of them and having proliferated out and, like, starting to tell villages, like, oh, you need to sacrifice and do these things to appease the void. Um, I like that idea, and I hope yeah, they play yeah, with yeah. that more. I like that a but, lot, and I like how the actual way to appease the void is the opposite of that. You need to starve it. Yeah. And and I like how they make a point of that, I think, in the short story, which yeah. I really like. Uh, yeah, for sure. This, this is maybe some of the most potential that we've gotten that's been... Uh, yeah. I would little... say... A, at least she's got monstrous. Monstrous is pretty good, and we're gonna save yeah. it till the very end. Monstrous is good. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, a real quick, I can go over Breach. It's really like very short comic. I did not write down the credits. If anyone has that Philip written, down. I can find them. Okay, John found it. Okay. Okay. That's the only writing credit you have. That's uh, the only writing credit. Okay. I have. I'm there sorry. doesn't seem to be any credits for artists or anything. Who's the writer? Um, so I'm very sorry. I think the writer is Philip. Philip Vargas. Oh, okay. All right, so in Breach, a man gets sucked into the void and Kaisa scares him away when she tries to save him, so he runs off and dies. That's like essentially what happens. Kaisa's giving a lot of commentary that's very vague, about as vague as all her quotes <laughs> about <laughs> the void itself. Uh, also, in one of the last panels, she's real dummy thick. <laughs> you want to see that <laughs> whatever thirsty motherfuckers were designing kaisa please get some help like i'm trying to hide down. from the void but the sound of my ass cheeks clapping <laughs> they're <laughs> clapping it's that classic like comic book shit where like you see like her butt crack almost between this suit like, it doesn't make any sense anyway she's if you How want you that thirsty that symbiote goes in there <laughs> Sorry, she's we gotta make, protect we her butthole. Never forget <laughs> that everything around her body is a living creature. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's where she thinks her heart is, so she put extra. Yeah, yeah see? In there. <laughs> she thinks In ancient stream of lore. No, it's Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much the summary. I think the art is pretty good. There are definitely a few yeah. scenes where I have trouble understanding what's being depicted. Um because there's yeah. a yes. lot of a lot of purples and grays. And so <laughs> when there it's it's like it's hard sometimes to read what's supposed to be happening visually. So. Mm-hmm. I will also say, I know this is a comic thing, so I don't want to harp on it too much, but in the span of a single page, I want to read you the various sound effects that we oh, had. Oh, yes. I have a note oh about how onomatopoeia is so bad in this. 
Zroom, zroom, tump, tump, tump. Hurrah! Sploom! Wizard! Flush, flush, flush. Sploom, sploom, kathunk. These are all <laughs> all caps sound effects on the same page of this comic. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I wrote a fucking note about it just like you did because it's sparingly, I, that, right? That's so funny. Yeah, I don't know. I went over it kind of... I'm going to be honest. When I see those sound effect things in comics, I just... They, they go into the background. I breeze right by them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, I didn't really get anything from this. I didn't learn anything, except for the fact that people are afraid of Kaisa, which I think at first it makes sense. She's got, like, her helmet. But then it comes down, and she's just, like, this... Some sexy lady. Very sexy lady, which clearly doesn't match anything else in the fucking void, dude. Yeah. Yeah, like, right? Just take a breath. I don't know. And she's yeah. like, hey, you need to stick with me to stay alive. Like, very clearly. Right? Yeah. Like, and I just saved your dick. Like, you know. <laughs> if I ran across a monster who was trying to kill me, and then another monster, this one with a super sexy lady body, uh, and <laughs> she would was be trying to kill the first monster, <laughs> and was like, hey, be chill, man. I got this. I'd fucking listen to her. <laughs> right? I wouldn't run deeper into the cavern where the first monster came from that was trying to kill me. <laughs> Maybe there's gold in there, man. You don't fucking know. Mm, I don't. I guess that's true. There could be gold in the hills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say... Oh, um, the, there's like one or two shots of her with the mask down and her hair kind of spooled up around it. And I mm. thought those were maybe the best depictions of her visually was just at least yeah. that headshot of it. That looked mm-hmm. kind of cool. Um, that's all, I guess. I don't know. Even then, her yeah. hair should be all matted and fucked up. She's yes. got great fucking conditioner in the void. I don't know what's she happening. Does. My hair is worse. <laughs> the, the blood of the void creatures is a great fucking conditioner. Oh, yeah, it's a detangler maybe. and everything, man. It's yeah. just mm. Yeah, she's got this sick waves, and if you have curly hair, you know like that's an effort, you know? Does she have Hot like a shrima, man? towel? Fuck. Where does she shower? Where do you think where do you think Kaisa bathes? In the void. Void blood. In the blood of her enemies. Mm. Do you think maybe her suit like licks it all away? Yeah, you know, I'm it sure was that's... described as kind of that in Monstrous. Oh, really? The suit going over her body was described as a cat licking her skin. Oh, yeah. and it goes all over her body. Yeah. But even then, her hair stays outside of the fucking thing anyway. It's true. It, oh, who the fuck knows? I'm sure that will be some hand wave. There's got to be some red post somewhere where it's like, well, actually, the suit, you know, sucks up all the gunk out of the, you know, whatever. It, yeah, it has like it was the force. Su- <laughs> super Kojima vibes from from Metal Gear. <laughs> Yeah. She needs the water to live. I bet you feel real stupid now. <laughs> you will oh, are regret you talking the about? You, yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> like one character from Metal Gear that's like basically naked, and people were like, "But why?" He's like, "No, there's a really good reason. Oh, Trust yeah. me." And then it turned out, oh, she needs to absorb water through her skin. That's the reason. Right, like, right. Wasn't worth it. Sorry, could you? <laughs> Did you ever play that game in like the early 2000s where the girls were fighting zombies in bikinis and it's because the more they got covered in blood the stronger they became that's how they explained that away oh, i didn't I no but i called. should <laughs> <laughs> sounds awesome i could kill zombies in a bikini hell yeah <laughs> let's go so that's kaisa zombie yeah. bikini killer yeah <laughs> i mean she's a little more covered than that i know i'm bitching about her cleavage but <laughs> you know it would be I mean, this is like not really specific to any of the stories, but her visual design is fucked, right? Like that's the big yeah. problem is it doesn't sell the story that they're telling us. It doesn't match at all. Right. And mm-hmm. it's like, what happened here? Come on. I mean, we know what happened, right? But it's like, come on, <laughs> guys. Thirsty boys. Come yeah. on. You know, give us some scarring. 
take yeah. away some of the makeup, you know, like, let's yeah. be a little more genuine Have her, here. like, yeah, or, like, her hair all fucked up, or, like, in a ratty braid, maybe she, yeah. like, keeps it in a braid, because that's, like, the best way to keep your hair if you can't brush it. And, like, yeah, scarred to shit, absolutely. Like, how does she look like a fucking supermodel? See, like, I, I feel like people gave Kerrigan kind of a lot of shit in Heart of the Swarm for how she was still kind of, like, sexy buggy, but, like, every bit of her just looks like fucking armor, and she still looks hot as hell because <laughs> Kerrigan, but, like, that, like, that to me looks like more chitinous <clears throat> armor than what mm. Kaisa has. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's, I think, you know, she could still be attractive conventionally. She's probably fit, if nothing else, but, you know, it just, <laughs> it just doesn't read at all in, in what they're telling us the character is. And it's like, mm-hmm. it, it comes off as bullshit. It's like, come on, guys, let's be honest here. But, like, we know what's <laughs> happening. Uh, you know, whatever. <clears throat> That's true. Now for The Girl Who Came Back <laughs> by Michael McCarthy. Mm. Who was also credited on the bio. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can do the summary on this one. Um, okay. So it opens with Kaisa. She is talking to a little girl named Ely. Does that sound? Yeah. Whatever. So. <clears throat> it's not the best name in my opinion, but it's not, I'm not one to judge. It's fine. She's just a um, kid, Mark. Damn. She's just a child. She didn't choose that name. It's not her fault. Uh, it's, it's, it's child Alawi before she got her first ouchie. Yeah. John. <laughs> I love it. But uh, she's talking with Kaisa, and she's not afraid of Kaisa, which, as we've learned, is kind of not par for the course. And Kaisa is, like, telling the girl that she shouldn't fight back against the Void or sacrifice to it, but, like you said, Rebecca, starve it, a.k.a. kind of just run from it. And meanwhile, Kaisa is also sensing that the Void is approaching. She fights off some Voidlings, and she tells Ely to run, but Ely refuses, um, kind of pointing out that, oh, Kaisa, you don't run. And Kaisa's like, oh, not anymore. Uh but Kaisa is still trying to convince Ely, like, you got to tell your people, you have to convince them to to leave. Like, stop trying to appease it, just run. Um, then the villagers show up, Kaisa, you know, masks up. And she also mentions there that, like, only two people have lived who have seen her with her mask on, I guess. Um, which seems like bullshit, but <laughs> she points out that Ely is not afraid, whereas most people would be. Um, the villagers, specifically Ely's father, are, you know, they show up and they start, like, freaking out, like, oh, stay away from that that thing, right? And um, we this is where we learn that Kaisa is known as the girl who came back a monster, you know, hence our title drop. And Kaisa has Ely go to her father, and as she does, Kaisa is kind of inspired by Ely's, like, bravery, I guess, and the humanity of it all. And that's the end of the story, right? There's no real resolution to like this still like very tense situation between the villagers and Kaisa. She's just like, uh, these moments of humanity, that's what makes it worth it. The yeah, end. I'm going to have to murder these villagers. <laughs> anyway, bye. <laughs> so yeah, still not yeah. established why they see her as a monster. I know like, yeah, like you said, the, the suit's kind of weird, looks kind of voidy, but it seems like she can just turn that on and off. Like just, you know, lower your windshield and be like, hey, yes. I'm normal. <laughs> I'm curious okay. why she put her mask back up when the villagers came. It's kind of referenced, if I remember correctly, as almost like an instinct or like a reflex. Mm. Like, oh, there's kind of danger about and just kind of instinctively throw it up. But she can, at a whim, take it down. And we've seen yeah. her do it. So I don't fucking... Mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. I don't oh, know you why. You do it in game. Yeah. Just compress control five, baby. It's easy. No problem. <laughs> I don't know why she doesn't like... Yeah, like you said, take it down and try and be like, hey... Hands up. I'm cool. I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Your little girl's fine. There's void coming. You need, like, all this shit. There's so much she could do that's just, like, the immediate logical next step to, like, diffusing the situation, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Especially given that 
her voice in here, she like she has her she's described her voice as mm, I wrote that down too. Um so twisted and monstrous. So and and monst- is that only when she has the mask on? Only when she has yeah. the mask on, and then monstrous goes on to further describe it in a much cooler way. Yeah, but yeah. um, but yeah, it makes it like it's it's implied that like they can't even understand her when she has the mask on. Like that's how different her voice is. Which, for the record, would be I would have loved to get. I know it would have been a lot of work, but I would have loved alternative voiceovers mm. for her for when she has her mask yeah. up so that yeah. you can conceptualize this fucking that monstrous voice that she yeah. supposedly has. Make it sound like a kind of cogma or like or or just any sort of void thing that we've heard before instead of just mm-hmm. a filter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh, that would have been cool. Right? <laughs> um, so I had a few questions about this one. And again, these are kind of answered in monstrous, but having had not read monstrous at this point, I was confused. Uh, charging the energy in my shoulder pods. The fr- like, you're what? <laughs> last I remember from your bio, you had like this chitinous armor that was like en- enveloping your butt. Where the fuck did you get shoulder pods that are energy independent lasers? Like, <laughs> from the video game. Did the creature that attacked you have those? And if so, why did it ever get into melee range with you in the first place so that you could stab it? Uh you know, we find out not in this story or the bio or anything else that she is evolving uh, as this creature is around her. So that's how that happened, but not explained at this point. Uh, The void has no mercy to offer. It feeds or it dies. The day I came to understand this was when I knew I had a chance. Maybe that's why I survive while so many others perish. So like, what happened down to your point? What happened down in the in the underground where all the other people died? You clearly didn't know it yet at that point, so that's not why you you survived yeah, there. Like empty the, were the others just feeding it? It's just like she just has the she likes to say these things that sound like cool like like one liners or you know kind of mic drop type things, but they don't make sense. Like the very last sentence is like that, which is like the first time I escaped the abyss, I did it for myself. Maybe one day it will be for them. <laughs> what? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> right? What do you mean? Because she does it for them all the fucking time. Like, yeah. it's that's her whole thing. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's like, what what the fuck ever? What does that even mean? All right, tell me what happened in Monstrous. All right, I'll give you a quick rundown. I got a synopsis here. <clears throat> <clears throat> Kaisa uh, drags a hetman of a village who I guess is kind of like the village either elder or like the head honcho guy um, into the underground area next to the void so he can see how big a threat it is. He basic- she basically kidnaps him and drags him <laughs> into the void to be like, hey, look at this shit. This is a problem <laughs> and you need to acknowledge it. Um, once he's sufficiently spooked, she lets him go and then a huge wave of void creatures come pouring out of a portal Um now the portal kind of it had a very uh what is it like the abyss vibe just kind of creatures coming out of it so she she fights all of them uh the portals under shirima she can't beat them all so she draws them away in the direction opposite of the one that she let the hetman go um this is apparently something she does frequently drawing them away from civilization like luring them out of the portal and then leading them away from where people are uh Unfortunately, she she draws them to a place that she had previously marked as dangerous, uh, but upon surfacing, 
there's now a settlement there. <laughs> uh, and the hetman is also there. And she realizes, oopsies, I read them. <laughs> I led them straight to where I just let that guy go. Uh, now he is gathering a group to fight the void and he sees Kaisa. And it, what he thinks happened is that she kidnapped him and he managed to escape all on his own. <laughs> uh, he also thinks that she summons the creatures because wherever she is, there are all of a sudden monsters <laughs> there every time. Uh, so he attacks her and she re- and she knows that the void is on the way and is going to just demolish this village and have a great feast. And she knows that the town is not going to leave as long as their leader is here uh, defying her and defying the void. Because at this point, this leader guy is like, there are monsters coming, but we can fight them. And she knows they can't because he can barely hold his own sword. <laughs> so she makes a tough call like, fuck, all right, I'm going to kill this dude. So the villagers have nothing to rally against. So she kills him and then destroys their village so they have no reason to stay anymore. So they run away and they survive. Now, obviously, they don't know any of this that was going on in her head. So she's just some monster who came, killed their leader, destroyed their village, and then a huge wave of monsters came after her. Um, so that's that's kind of how the story ends with her waiting there for the wave of monsters to come so that she can kind of fight them after the villagers have all left. Yeah. Yeah, and kind of acknowledging that, like, she absolutely knows that they're going to go on. They're going to tell the story and it's only going to get worse. Like they're just going to make the tale bigger and larger. And she's going to go because she's specifically when she destroys the village, doesn't kill anyone. She can like with her, her visor be like, Oh, that, that grain silo is empty. That vil- that building is empty. I'll just blow those up. And she knows that by the time they get to civilization, she's going to be known as a murderer and killer of children. And she's comfortable bearing that burden. But I mean, to your original point of all of this, John is that it makes absolute sense. Why after all that, People will be like, oh, there's that harbinger of the void, that monster, Kaisa. It's like, oh, hey, look at that. We kind of yeah. fixed it a little, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I get that. And and I think the description here that they gave for her voice was, uh, my voice is distorted through the molded mask of the suit, a wet animal snarl that sounds like no mortal tongue. Uh, and... It's also mentioned that the words sound like I'm choking on blood. <laughs> right. Specifically blood can be anything else. But Yeah. So that, that's why. Uh, and that's what happens whenever she has her mask up. Unfortunately, she has her mask up a lot more because like Mark mentioned, like it gives her the ability to see in colors. Um, so she can see threats in certain colors. She can see like heat signatures. So she likes having the helmet up and she feels very she's lived so far underground in the dark that that was kind of the preferred way to see. So she hates not having that mask up because it's much harder for her to see. And it's kind of implied too that the the void creature on her body, throughout the story, it's kind of implied that that void creature might be more, it's not just like this helpful carapace. <laughs> like it has its own needs. Like mm. it needs to constantly feed, which is why she, you know, another reason why she kills so many void creatures is because the carapace feeds on their blood to stay alive. Um, it's also, there are points where she's not sure, like when she accidentally leads the void to the village, she's like, shit, did I make a mistake or did the carapace know exactly where it was leading me and it wanted me to lead them to the village? Um, so there's, there's a lot more in this story about the relationship between her and her armor, where it's, it's definitely implied that it's not, she's in control, but 
maybe not as fully as she'd like to be. And there's also then uncertainty of like, hey, if I stop feeding it, like what would happen? Like there's, she has a lot of questions about how this relationship actually works too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's one thing that makes it so strong compared to the other pieces is it actually leverages the presence of this, like you said, intelligence, the symbiote that is with her and how it's affecting her like physically. You were talking about like the, the feeling, the sensation of it, like being painful and these needles on her, which I know get mentioned, gets mentioned once or twice elsewhere, but it's like repeated in here and it's really emphasized that it's something that is just kind of a toll on her, like emotionally and psychologically where she's starting to, there's kind of the implication that she is starting to become more and more a creature of the dark and the void and like being out in the sun and the fresh air kind of is like this, it like hurts her almost to a degree. And she just more and more wants to be down amongst the void. And there's these, like, she's kind of losing these memories of what it was like to be, you know, Kaisa, the little girl versus whatever she is now. And it's great. I, I love it. And I wish, I wish we had that way more in any other piece. Cause I think this is the only one that is like cottoned on to the idea that, Oh, there's this, like you said, there's this, void intelligence that's with you all the time and has its own goals and purposes and you can use it but at what cost you know that type of shit <laughs> yeah you can use it but if you think it's not using you too <laughs> yeah dumb dumb. it sounds like they're almost addressing something else here um which is the effect it would have on a person to not have any parental guidance after the age of 10 because i think you would become a very unique adult in that case yeah. like parenting doesn't end at 10 there's a lot of parenting between 10 and adult 20 where she is at and she has been really alone and i i definitely haven't seen that reflected so much but it is interesting to see her like very rash kind of brutal choice about this village which makes a lot of sense for someone who doesn't know anything else truly yeah yeah there's one bit too where she's fighting a big void creature and it kind of creates these like dark tendrils and like whips at her and I it mentioned it whips the grounds too and the ground is just undone and then it it manages to lash a bit of her leg and the chitinous armor is undone off her leg too and she gets the first look at what her skin looks like mm. under the armor for in probably forever and she she makes a note of like how pale it was and how it horrified her, but she couldn't tell whether it horrified her because she's like, oh my God, that's what I look like under the armor or because it was like, oh my God, I'm still human under this armor. Mm. Like which part mm. of that horrified her more was the humanity that existed or the, the non-humanity? Do they yeah. explain the boring logistics of it? Because like we talked about how does she shower, but like how does she pee pee? No, does I she think not that's... need food? She does need food, actually. Mm. They did specify that she eats. She is not sustained by the blood of mm. the void Because that would explain it away. Yeah, I think that's still, that's still they don't have room for it here, right? Because it's yeah. very much in the moment. But I, I do agree with what you're saying, John, that like she mentions how she doesn't know what her face looks like anymore. And she just wonders, like, what do I even look like now? You know, which is a neat idea. Or this idea that she's for... she. It, this is one that doesn't hold water where she's like, oh, I kind of, I forget what the sun looks like when like in the very next scene, she's out and about under the sun, <laughs> but it's a good attempt. It's a good idea, you know? And I think if you finagled it a bit to be more like, yeah, I know what it looks like, but because I can't spend a lot of time out there, I don't really have that same connection to it, you yeah. know, that I once did. Um, but I also, what you were saying, Rebecca, is I think that's a big problem with Kaisa. Even here is that 
from 10 years old, you would probably become feral, right? Like the idea that she can speak in these kind of complete sentences and have these very complex thoughts doesn't ring true to me at all. She should be like barely passing for, it's another good question of like, at what point between falling into the underground and getting out and being able to go back to civilization, like when did that happen? Right. Because if it was like a year, that's one thing. If it's like just after a decade and it's, she's now 20 and has spent 10 years in this underground, it's like the fact that she could even remember language at all is to me a bit of a stretch. Like, I think you would just go insane. Right. I don't know. But I could see her remembering language, but I think she'd have a very simplified speech maybe. And I feel like she'd probably like, I think something that would be interesting is if she forgets to speak out loud because like how Mm. often does she have to talk to anybody you know what i mean yeah um or they can explain it that she does often talk out loud to herself in the void and that's something that she's done the whole time i don't know but something her humanity yes yes kind of like having wilson on kin cast (laughs) she's got like a little volleyball with her yeah (laughs) well there is is another i was gonna say there was a line in there as well where she talks about how there was a time that she thought that the symbiote was whispering to her in her mind mm. and she's kind of convinced now that's like no it was my own internal monologue just keeping me you know sane so i wasn't alone but again kind of playing with that idea of like maybe it is kind of whispering <laughs> into her brain you know yeah yeah so again if you read one piece of kaisa content skip all of the stuff that's <laughs> not this just read monstrous and you'll get a way better idea of the yeah. character than than anything else yeah yeah it's wild. and it'll be a better read you'll leave less frustrated <laughs> for sure yeah it, it, you need this before you read anything else and i would also add that like just the writing is, is strong the descriptions of like the void in particular this is another yeah. really good one where there's one where it talks about like arms that would be impossible in nature hook over the edge of the abyss dragging a monstrous horror of rasping armor plates bony protrusions and flesh the color of something stillborn and it's like Ugh, man yeah it's yeah. visceral <sighs> can't wait to see the void in arcane it's coming <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> did anybody else get like robin williams character from jumanji vibes mm. oh yeah <laughs> yeah sucked into the game for like a while i think longer like years. than 10 years <laughs> yeah like 15 years <laughs> man they oh did somebody roll a five or an eight god how come she doesn't have that as a fucking quote i, saw, I was one of my favorite movies growing up oh <laughs> <laughs> Now, in terms of uh, canon cinematics, she's also in Warriors. Yeah, it's a big one for her. Mm-hmm. So, this one, this one's another one of those like classic riot vignettes where it covers three storylines at once. The one that Kais is a part of is uh, in classic Ezreal fashion. He he fucks around and finds out <laughs> and uh, steals a tear of the goddess from some old temple, and a bunch of voidlings come out and attack him. It looks like he's going to be done for, but then Kaisa jumps down and just fucking blows him up. She's just wrecking him. Eventually, she does get overrun, but then Ezreal decides to help, too. I guess I'll help this beautiful woman. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we get to see her acrobatics on display and her shoulder missiles and all that cool shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's good in in action. Like, I think the design of that works, right? And yeah. the Cathy and Rain ability is really fucking cool. It's just all this other crap about her as a character that doesn't <laughs> fucking work, you know? It's true. Also, what's up with those marks on her faces, right? Or face, rather, sorry. Did she... <laughs> on her multiple faces. <laughs> I mean, did she, she do those her, herself, her right? Like, she did do those herself. I did look this up. That, oh. That's kind of like a... 
It was supposed to be like, I think, a Shuriman war paint, and it specified that it is painted with the blood of void creatures. She oh. did a... Man, she, she did a really good job for somebody who doesn't have a fucking mirror, I guess I'll say. Like, I certainly couldn't <laughs> get it that to, symmetrical. She probably has to like reapply it every few days, so maybe it just became... I'm sure the symbiote mask just applies it for her, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I think this was the one where Breach may have been the best picture of it, because it was much less neat in oh, Breach. It yeah, looked the much very more end. like she just put it on herself okay maybe i can see like a... being with two fingers and just kind of going like this and that would explain the symmetry you know sure i mean it's not like like don't get me wrong she's not like she understands how to do two fingers and stuff like that i just think that uh <laughs> sometimes it's like especially maybe in the cinematic for example it looks like dead on yeah, yeah. really right? very neat mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah very neat well she knew she was going to be seeing company that day yeah. so <laughs> she spent extra long on it <laughs> oh damn Uh, I didn't have a lot of quotes for her because, like we mentioned, they're all kind of generic. The ones that I do have are more uh, Bullet Angel Kaisa quotes because they're quotes from other things. (laughs) She's got a come with me if you want to live quote uh, (laughs) from Terminator. And uh, she's got an I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire on the shoulders of... Are those peaches? (laughs) From uh, the Tears in the Rain monologue from Blade Runner. Oh, I like the attempt of having peaches she, peaches are like her eggs for you know like yeah. a la jacks oh really <laughs> yeah but even that to me seems weird because what they talk about in the bio is that so she falls down right and she sustains herself on like water skins and like rotting peaches that she finds in the remains of her village um it seems like that would make you really not like peaches <laughs> like you would have an aversion to them maybe though it made her really like like nice fresh peaches now maybe like, oh, maybe that's what it's supposed to be like. Yeah, but she does. Uh, yeah, she's got the thing in one of the other short stories about lighting, liking to eat peaches too, and mm. then she has a quote about liking fruit. Yeah, <laughs> fruit. It's her last tether <laughs> to the living world. <laughs> fruit, <laughs> fruit. <laughs> Don't you know? All right. Do we have any more about Canon Kaisa before John jumps us into her one really big AU? Um, three slightly smaller ones. Yeah. I don't know if this is uh, going to be a fun fact later, but isn't it heavily implied that she is Cassidy's daughter? Yes. Oh, really? And in fact, yeah. in the KDA universe, it is confirmed that she's Cassidy's daughter, but not oh, really? in the game universe. <laughs> okay, cool. Great. Thanks, Riot. They, I feel like they barely mention her father, but she yeah. says a lot in her quotes. She talks about it a lot. Yeah. I, don't know. I wish has- he would have been more in the bio more. Did he also get sucked down? I don't understand. I guess we'll know when we get to Cassidy. Yeah, he has kind of his own thing going on. And Malzahar has a big connection there. All those all those, you know, sacrificial animals that she set free were Malzahar's. Those no, are my so goats. It's a big conflict <laughs> yeah. between Malzahar and Cassidy too. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think a lot of that is holdover from like old lore. Because I know even in old mm-hmm. like Institute of War times, they were very much at odds and Cassidy's daughter had been sucked into the void or something like that. Oh, yeah, we get it, to Cassidy very soon. In the like old that. times, it was much more explicit. Cassidy was, or uh, Malzahar was trying to recruit Cassidy into his void cult, basically, and straight up threw his daughter into the void oh, so that he'd go in after her. Damn. That's way more interesting. I was going to say, that's, yeah. <laughs> than what they did with Kaisa, by the way. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Okay, anyway. KDA, baby. KDA, baby. Uh, So, uh, in case you're not aware, 
KDA exploded into the music scene with their hit song, Pop Stars. Fans of KDA can't get enough of their unconventional flair, from the trademark tales, which fans suspect are real, to otherworldly decor in their studio. Our songs are made for you to remember. Always be true to yourself, says lead singer Ari. KDA hopes to take their music around the world in a global tour. KDA is also a virtual band in real life, comprised of League of Legends champions, which are performed by musicians such as B. Miller, Jaira Burns, Madison Beer, Mioin, Soyun, and Wolf Lila. Each member of the band has a skin corresponding to their KDA alter ego. Um, so Kaisa's bio in this one is, uh, as the main dancer and team choreographer, Kaisa strives for perfection. Her intense, quiet focus pushes the team forward with otherworldly concepts and pristine attention to detail. Kaisa embraces a cosmopolitan approach to life, finding inspiration in every corner of the world. Um, and she has a lot of skins in this line, including like a regular skin and a prestige skin for kind of each one of their songs. Um, so kind of the original KDA Kaisa, a talent from abroad, Kaisa brings a unique style and sound to the industry. She learned to express herself through her craft, blossoming into one of the most talented dancers in the world. A perfect fit for the misfits of KDA, where she takes their performance to the next level. Real quick, doesn't her titty look like a basketball? <laughs> a little bit. Bet the slam dunk on that, bit, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It yeah. looks like a basketball going into a net. It does, right? Hey, swish. Everyone zoom in on that that titty okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and the prestige edition is just fresh from her appearance at the annual pop music awards kda kais is now wearing a prestigious all gold costume catching the eye of the entire world <laughs> and then she's got from the all out album after showcasing her flawless dance technique worldwide, Kaisa is ready to apply her legendary discipline and focus to all aspects of her life as a performing artist. She's still not sure who she'll be when she steps forward to shine as herself, but she's looking forward to the challenge of finding out. And she's in a tornado in this skin, it looks like. Let's see. It's like a Wizard of Oz like a, type thing. Oh yeah. It does really look like Kind of like that floating bit from the, the Moore video. No, she's in a tornado. And she's in a tornado. You're <laughs> Thank right. you. You're right. You're right. <laughs> when Kaisa wanted a red carpet outfit to match her growing confidence in her artistry, she sought Evelyn's advice. With sharp tailoring and embellishments that match her excellence in execution, Kaisa's ready to shine on and off the stage. That's her prestige edition. Oh. So hmm. obviously there are a bunch of cinematics that, this, that Kaisa's in because she's in mm -hmm. all most of the music videos. So she's in Pop Stars, More, The Baddest, drum go dumb and i'll show you i think the only one she doesn't show up in or at least sing in is villain yeah i was gonna say uh she's also in the comics uh harmonies and sharp so uh sharp is basically just like an issue of a magazine that's doing a, a full 18 page feature on kda so that's that's kind of all that's in there you learn more about the the more albums coming out uh harmonies is kind of the the telling of the story of them adding uh, Seraphine to the group for, you know, the, the latest collab for more. We find out a bit of information about Kaisa, though, which is that she, uh, she mentions that with all the traveling her father had to do, she never had a home, and it felt like she was banished to a void. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my they can't fucking help themselves sometimes. <laughs> uh, Damn. Uh, uh. Until she found dance. 
Then she incorporated bits of dance from everywhere she lived into an amalgamation. Imagine that was her real bio, though. She gets sucked into the void, and she's like, but the art of dance. She's dance it it's out. It's helping keep the void at bay. Kevin Bacon taught me. It's all you need. That was a Footloose reference for the children out there. She also formed the Firefly Collective, which is a dance school that she teaches at. Cute. And a writer confirmed that Cassidy is her dad. Because you see like a clip of her dad um, in one of the panels here. And then one of the writers was like, and you even get a glimpse of, uh, what, what, did they, what do they call him? Cassidad. <laughs> Why are they so like hell bent on like hiding familial relationships? I know. You know what I mean? I'm surprised it's they didn't like do it with Lux spy. and Garen. Be like, they live in the same house, but who knows how they, they know each the other? They have the same parents. There's also uh, one short story, which is just uh, an interview called Inside KDA. Uh, we find out a few facts about Kaisa, including her favorite cities are Cape Town, Seoul, New York, and Hong Kong. Uh, she has a wild answer when the interviewer asks if she can tell them more about the album. She replied, there's a place between fantasy and reality where anything can happen. You have the power to be anyone and do anything. It is your dream. In our in-between world, KDA feels confident and strong. We can do anything, and so can you. Which... Kind of sounds like she was high as fuck during that interview. <laughs> that kind of sounds like some like fucking dumbass answer that some she's famous the, person would give them. She's been doing like press interviews for eighteen hours. She's just exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> just a little exhaustion. Everybody. Uh, <laughs> uh, we also find out that Kaisa is the one who painted a collie's mask from the pop stars video. It's pretty yeah. impressive because it moves. <laughs> Well, in, uh, they're in a place between reality and fantasy, <laughs> but whatever. You know, when you paint masks with the blood of the void creatures, <laughs> they get more animated. <laughs> void, metaphorically speaking, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then when asked about her favorite part of filming pop stars, Eve said, uh, driving down the tunnel at Kaisa was a thrill. I wanted to run her over. Uh, the thing is, we filmed that scene only seven times. I wish we had more time with that sports car. We did put Kaisa in front of the speeding car once, but they told us not to do it again. Do you think that's the take they went with? It's gotta be. It was right? so good. So now she's part of a few other AUs. She's part of Steel Valkyries. Uh, a galaxy scarred by war now attempts to rebuild, but the old wounds remain. Criminals, bounty hunters, mercenaries, and assassins have filled the power vacuum, piloting dangerous combat exosuits with godlike abilities. And this one is Bullet Angel Kaisa. A former lieutenant in the Royal Space Military, Kaisa was the first sanctioned pilot of the experimental X01 Butterfly. The suit proved far too deadly, however, and after only one mission, she fled with the technology, becoming one of the galaxy's deadliest guns for hire. Mm. This has one short story attached to it called Kaisa Exosuit Loader.log. <laughs> and it is just a log file of the Exosuit Loader uh, program. It's just a long boot screen <laughs> of Kaisa's Exosuit. What a great story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we do pick up that there's a bounty <laughs> on the head of Gun Goddess Misfortune. So that's something. Oh. Now, she's also part of Arcade. 
There are three factions within this setting, the gamers who are jumping into the gaming worlds, the natives of the game worlds, and the rogue bosses who cause havoc in the game worlds. Uh, and then there are also some variations within these factions. So this one is Arcade Kaisa, a bounty hunter and ex-soldier hailing from the hellish multi-directional shooter Pixel Void 2. Kaisa was called back to the Arcadian theater after the battle bosses infected her game. As she is unmatched at killing screen-covering boss monsters with massive health pools, invading Pixel Void 2 may have been a severe miscalculation. <laughs> and then there's a cinematic for this called Ultra Combo. Uh, which is just kind of like an anime style trailer for the skin line. It's got some in-game cinematics. It's also got some kind of anime style, you know, action scenes. Uh, and it's got a soundtrack that sounds like a mix between Mega Man and Liquid Tension Experiment. So oh, that's pretty neat. cool. Neat. That's pretty cool. And the last one is Dragon Mancers. I think it's fairly new. Yeah, really new. Mm -hmm. uh, majestic dragons dwell in remote places of wild beauty, avoiding mortal affairs outside of rarely bestowing their gifts to only a select few. The dragon mancers are those fortunate and powerful enough to have gained the ultimate blessing. Whether they then use that for good or for evil is up to them, and anyone strong enough to stop them. This one is Lagoon Dragon Kaisa. Seeking the power to purify the land of Bran's corruption, Kaisa plunged into the depths of the Lagoon Dragon's waters, despite terrifying legends of the endless deep. However, the dragon recognized her for her courage to face the unknown and blessed her with its gift. Now she adventures the world, cleansing the land and protecting those who cannot protect themselves. So, you know, kind of like her normal lore, but with water instead of right. <laughs> <dirt>. <laughs> I just feel like I'm in a void in my mind <laughs> I do like that the other two made her like a bounty hunter yeah yeah, yeah those skins wow. are pretty cool yeah pretty mm -hmm. neat and now finally we have some fun facts slap them on me some of them we already went over a little bit the, mm. like we mentioned very likely Cassidy's daughter while it's not explicitly confirmed Cassidy's desert village was lost when a large mall like void swallowed it and he lost his daughter and wife mm. Mm. Um, let's see she's voiced by Natasha Loring uh, some fun development facts uh, Kaisa and Camille were originally one champion named Husk the Hive Commander huh. a female mm. mercenary from Zahn who was once Caitlyn's partner before she defected after Caitlyn paralyzed her in a shootout oh what the fuck damn <laughs> Caitlyn would never shit. accidentally paralyze someone she would do no. <laughs> right she's too good a shot yeah. mm -hmm. she, she knew what she was doing <laughs> uh, another potential narrative direction uh, was that she was going to be a new generation of void creatures trying to emulate humans. Oh, that's uh, cool. That's also yeah, interesting. Angle. Yeah, I was going to say super, super Cylon. I kind of like that. That would be yeah. fun because you could then play with all those, the things that come with that, right? You know, yeah. it was like, oh, am I, am I becoming human? Like, why don't I want to crush this little girl? Mm. Shit like that. That could be fun. You know what? I think it'd be fun. They could still do that, but... Um, because Kaisa has spent so much time in the void, they're using her to kind of like replicate a human figure. So her, Ooh. it's kind of her fault. Ooh, that, that would be real good. Fault, <laughs> I really like that idea. 
Uh, like we mentioned, you can toggle her helmet on and off in game by pressing <laughs> Control Five. <laughs> Unfortunately, it will not make her voice sound like she's choking on blood. It would be so cool, though. I'd love to hear fucking Cho'Gath's voice come out of her if you yeah. put her helmet on. Yeah, that'd be real cool. I love fruit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like genuinely. Come on, Riot, do it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Any final Kaisa thoughts besides disappointment? <laughs> yeah, kind of a misfire. I, yeah. Yeah, I think I think they could fix this without too much. I think oh, if yeah. they go they go back and revise her bio based on a lot of the additional context that Graham McNeil provided in Monstrous, I think this could be pretty hype. Um you know, obviously, there's going to be things about the visual design that that, that rewrite won't help with, but <laughs> I think that'll help a lot more for at least narrative consistency. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it wouldn't take a lot. Just, you know, make making them align more would be fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Playing with the time, because I think Monstrous very explicitly takes place after the short story, so just pushing it further back, maybe have that be one of the very first things that happens after she comes out. And then there you go, right? Like you said, I think that fixes a lot pretty quickly. So, Yeah. All right. Neat. That was Kaisa. Thank you for listening. We post these on YouTube if you ever want to chat there. And I'm mentioning that one first because John just did a <laughs> parody of Get Jinxed in his Heimerdinger impression. I highly recommend it. It is so good. I cannot stress <laughs> enough how fucking good that is, man. It's a really special video. A really special song. It is an unholy John is so like ashamed of it and he should be proud it's quality man it's it is great. quality it, it will at the very least make you laugh quite a bit <laughs> um, we have a discord the link is in the description of this video this video fuck me hey. uh, <laughs> if you're listening on YouTube if you're listening this on video. YouTube yeah <laughs> of this episode and we're on Twitter at loreheads and join us next week where we will surely be complaining about the ruined <laughs> ruination event again because we are oh. going to talk about the spear of vengeance Callista. oh man <laughs> uh. 